Welcome to David's Life and Observation with your host, David Welch. Today's show is going to be about legends. And I'm talking legends in film, legends in music, legends in just legends. Um, And not so much that they're, you know, larger than life characters or people or, or whatever. They're not just celebrities. They're people who've like really, it really shows potential in achievement through effort and, and, and work. And it's not like everybody out there is not working, hustling, you know, trying to achieve, trying to get their name out there, you know, and, and, and be remembered and, and be a significant person in their field or their chosen destiny. I mean, but, you know, you also got to realize that not everybody has a singular destiny. I mean, Let's take Arnold Schwarzenegger, for example, one of my heroes. He, you know, I don't even know if uh, originally film was even a, an idea for him. Um, you know, he was a very charismatic man, knew he wanted to be uh, a bodybuilder. You know, he was very, he was around a lot of supportive men. And I mean that with the most sincere the way you could possibly mean you know and and, and it wasn't just Franco Colombo it was everybody down in Venice in the 70s you know who was lifting and getting after it and all the you know people that supported Arnold when he got here I mean it was a huge swath of people that helped him get underway where he could literally you know, essentially, and he did work hard, but essentially he had a few benefactors that believed in him and his achievement possibilities. So they so they brought him on board with a lot of things, a lot of projects out there, a lot of filmmakers looking at him and, you know, big muscle that men like him and like, listen, we have an opportunity here to get these giant men on film. Which is where you get Hercules in New York, and you get uh, the benefit of seeing him in Terminator and all these films in the, in the 90s. And, and quite frankly, you know, in the 80s, guys weren't built like that, even in the 70s. Like, you had guys that were just, you know, the top of fitness. And is because, you know, and it's not largely because of, I think, the times and just, you know, people were a little bit more physical, people... You know, were you know extremely athletic sport was what you really could land. You know your name out there. So a lot of athletes out there were just dominant peak physician. You know physical shape, and it wasn't just you know Arnold. He had the the bodybuilding physique, but he was really one of those first you know ginormous but you know barbarian looking men who graced film and. Uh, you know, you had uh, Dave and Peter Paul, you had uh, Mr. T, um, you know, these, yeah, and, and Sylvester Stallone. Sylvester Stallone was, you know, part of that group. He was part of that bodybuilding group, and, you know, and maybe, you know he didn't go out for titles or anything, but he was definitely uh, drinking from their Kool-Aid. I mean, you had uh, Lyle Acevedis, you know, the football player, um, really 
setting the tone. You know, a lot of big, prominent, uh, powerful beings, you know, shuffled in and out of those Venice gyms uh, and, and other weight rooms uh, across Southern California and, and really brought, uh, you know, athletics and, and film and men and, and, you know, together as a collaboration point. Now, there is another individual, or two individuals that I'd like to highlight as far as legends go. Not just that era in the 70s and 80s where, you know, Venice is kind of the talk of the shop. Where all these, you know, giant muscle-bound men came from that made these glorious films. It's it's also a time where, and even earlier, you know, we have earlier in the, you know, the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Uh, where Don Bluth, he's a, an animator, a storyteller. I mean, everything Don Bluth did had an air of loss to it. Uh, he did All Dogs Go to Heaven, Land Before Time, and just those two movies alone should very much indicate the style and format of which he operated. It wasn't always doom and gloom, but it was always an air of danger associated with his films. I think Rockadoodle is one of them. Um, just, you know, really that touch of mortality as well. Uh, he, he dealt with loss and death in different ways that made it memorable for kids, but also delicately in a way that made it seem like it was an important part of the process of growth, which is true. And you see that in pieces, orchestrated pieces by John Williams. You see that with James Horner. Uh, you see that with Danny Elfman where there's an oscillation, especially with Tim Burton movies in general, there's the uh, great uh, conversation about mortality in a lot of those films. So these great storytellers and animators and, and teamed up with probably the best that you could get in orchestrated movie, you know, movie scores uh, with John Williams, Danny Elfman, James Horner, and, and the bunch creating the pretty much the soundtrack of our lives. Um, they were there to give us the most, you know, those jump scares and those, you know, moments of, you know, almost serene backgrounds in film that's just not as prevalent today, I don't think, because a lot of films today do rely on contemporary music to score the background, which is pretty common, um, but, you know, it, it's always good to have an original score that kind of jumps out to you, and by and large, we get it from video games as well. If you want to talk about legends, you know, people who created, um, you know, the, 90, the 90s animation, animated films, and the animated cartoons, and the scores for that, and the writers and stuff. I mean, these were serious artists. People may not have taken them seriously because, oh, you work on a children's program. But as an adult, you realize, like, God damn, like, that is the height of brilliance. You know, like, I mean, there's a guy who does a TikTok, I can't remember his name, but oh my goodness, is he spot on with, like, you know, how these different kids films, kind of like DuckTales, Rescue Rangers, Darkwing Duck, all those uh, different cartoon intros are now 
you know, st- almost standalone songs that are just lauded by that millenn- older millennial community. Um, and those guys are legends. I mean, they'll forever go down as somebody who made that time period what it was. You know, especially the, you know, all the voiceover actors that we've heard our whole lives from New Line Cinema. From New Line Cinema. A new film. You know, I mean, whatever they come up with is, is just, you know, amazing. Just, you know, to hear, uh, you know, just things that were improvised at the time come into a piece and make it what it is. And then, you know, later on with other game scores like Halo. I don't think any other game to this point has the musical chops as Halo. I mean, you have the just the theme, the Mollinger mix, um, tribute from from three. I mean, you know, O'Connell, Jesus, kill like, oh my gosh. When you hear tribute from from Halo Three, your heart sinks. It's like wow, like we don't even have military tributes that are like you could score that with a military video, and it would sink you. Oh, it was for a game. Like holy cow, you know, way to way to throw a dart at the heart. Jeez, Louise. And and we we see we see lost you know forms of art like vines and we see in a reemergence in in TikTok where you get viney vibes. But those are legends. I mean those those people are legends. Those people will carry on you know and they, they've carried their their tips and tricks onto other endeavors and it's great that we have uh, memories. And film and video and, and photos of a time that we're always going to remember, you know. And and let's talk about a legend uh, in in the guy who is radio. Who uh, you know they made a film about him. Robin Williams played him. Uh, and you know, radio is one of those guys in New York and Manhattan that you know was credited with you know tons and tons of. Uh, film appearances because they they shoot in Manhattan a lot. They shoot in in the big city, you know. Uh, so you know he always found a way to to be in those films and ride over and hang out with the cast and crew. And some of them got to know him personally, and it's fantastic. Other artists, you know, that we can't forget. I mean, there's people that are literally ingrained into the bedrock of. Uh, our psyche and some of the voice actors too. I mean, the voice actor from, you know, the the Batman '90s cartoon series, uh, Mark Hamill's version of the Joker's awesome. I mean, Heath Ledger's Joker's awesome. So these, you just got to kind of give it to them. But legends, I'm talking people that have, you know, started something like Sylvester Stallone. He was really one of those that came out and stood for something, stood on his belief system that. He is a is a you know not not just a writer, but he's also an actor, not an aspiring one. He he is and sold himself to acting. I mean, he really did. He and and now in his older years, I mean, he's been reaping the benefits of that. And we have a sad sad commentary on a brilliant career 
and and in the litany of legends, uh, you know, legendary actors to list to be far too many at this point. I mean, you know, Chris Farley for a blip in time, John Candy. I mean, guys that could have really probably given us a little bit more. Uh, but you know, they they did what they could. They had families. They had friends. They had. It was the 80s and the 90s. It wasn't easy as, you know, probably getting things together as today. You know, movies were just done different. You had friends and friends to get you in your movie, you know. All of them still legends. All of them still, you know, uh, heroic figures in the in pop culture. But, I mean, good golly. I mean, we came from an era of just, just absolutely fucking legendary figures. You know, we'll never have the likes of Jonathan Brandis again. You know, a lot of people are probably like, oh, man, he was such a minor actor. Like, no, man. I remember his face all through my childhood. Can't get rid of him. Corey Haim. You know, uh, any of the Brat Pack. I mean, you know, like, you can't, can't forget these kids who are, you know, the storytellers who made it okay. for us to dream big and go after go after things like that I mean you just would have never thought in a million years that you could be fortuitous enough to work in you know Hollywood or film or or be a star football player but you know actors made it seem as if everything were possible because they did it all I mean you know they pretended to do it all at least and it was you know, one of those things that, uh, you know, that, that you take and transform and, and meld into your life. So, you know, let's take, for instance, people wear many covers. A lot of our famous favorite actors are not just, they're not just one shot, one trick ponies. They're usually way more than triple threats. I mean, you have people that can, Hugh Jackman, for instance, good golly, Miss Molly. You know, what a human being. Film, stage, uh, writing, directing, you know, and so many others that I've done too. I mean, it's just brilliant what you've got to, you know, capture and bring to the to the world through film and their scores and things like that. So people remember, people will always remember, you know, how things uh, felt to them. You know, like I can't, see an episode of Deep Space Nine without, you know, thinking of, you know, Quarks and Odo and, you know, different uh, versions of Galron that we get uh, from the Tyrant to the, you know, to the the guy who has your back. In fact, you almost feel bad for Galron in the end, you know, and, and Worf. But, you know, I digress. I mean, these are just times and people that you know, time forgot. I mean, it sucks. Like Max Bear, both the boxer and you know Jethro. Um, you know, and we're losing people now. I mean, we have Bruce Willis who's hanging hanging up the the gloves. I mean, and it sucks. It sucks so bad. What a good actor. What a career. You know, just to have. You know, he's not a spring chicken, but you know his mental faculties are going, and he knows it, and he's getting ahead of it, but geez, Louise sucks. You know, you just want to, you want him to keep going. Because that was the guy who, you know, 
he's, you know, diehard. It was, you know, he was a very prominent figure in my childhood. Kind of just kind of like when you when you see the you know the city city slickers group age out. Well, man, that was heartbreaking. These guys are you know in their seventies. You got Arnold Stallone in their eighties. Like holy cow, you got Clint Eastwood in his nineties. I mean, that man's still making film. That guy's film career spans eight, seven decades almost. Jeez, Louise. You know, and we're, we're we you know we lost Betty White. That was that was not a good benchmark in the human psyche. Uh, but you know, the pandemic the pandemic was a motherfucker. You know, and we're on the other end of this pandemic bullshit. And what ended up you know as a kind of a telling you know staple of our times uh, in regard to how on a large scale we deal with things but two you know we we also got to see people for who they are we got to see power dynamics and and things go into play that would have never been in such a way before and a lot of and a lot of good things have come out of it post pandemic era and I'll explain some of that in my next podcast but this was just uh, an homage to legends like Harold Ramis and, uh, you know, guys that are really close to hanging up the, you know, the the proton packs and hanging up the, you know, the shoes, the the boxing gloves, the, you know, the, the, the old school training montages and muscle and, you know, we're getting into more sophisticated film. Uh, with, you know, guys like DiCaprio and, you know, uh, and, we, and we have seen, you know, guys do well. Some of the guys are, that are out there that are, you know, legends are going to have storied careers in film and, you know, from a young age all the way up to older. And it's going to be great watching in the future, you know, flashbacks of their entire career from a young, fresh-faced kid to a, you know, a grown adult and, maybe even to their geriatric years, which would be amazing. You know, something to say, hey, you know, you fought to the bitter end to be part of the film industry. And we do see that with some actors. We've seen that with actors, uh, you know, like like I said, like Betty White, who has been a front lady for, for years and years and years and years. But those, they're all legends. So, you know, hats off to them, hats off to the legends, hats off to the people who scored our lives. Like, like I said, John Williams, uh, James Horner, you have uh, Bruckheimer, um, wow, so many, so many to do out there. Um, yeah, and, and even, you know, CCR, you got to give CCR their, uh, their kudos for, uh, you know, movies like uh, Blade, good song is in Blade, Bad Moon Rising, and then you have pretty much the entire film of, um, what's the one with the dude, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to remember that film, people are going to execute me on this, on the, on the comments here, but, uh, yeah, I mean, great, great band, uh, music pretty widely popular in film, um, yeah, legends, I mean, it took, and it took pain. It took a lot of pain and 
uh, a lot of heartbreak, a lot of uh, working with opposition, working with uh, people that are, you know, brought together for a certain film with a certain chemistry that'll probably never have that kind of magic again. But then some of them have done films together quite a bit. We see that with Adam Sandler's group. You know, we just, we know that group. We're friends and, you know, families with that group. Uh, the whole Madison Productions, you see that come on your screen, you know you're in for a, a laugh and a good film. And then we drop down to the, you know, the new the new kids where you've got like, you know, well, they're not even new, they're, they're older now. You got James Franco and the Seth Rogen years. Uh, and then you've got new comedic chops with, um, you know, I mean, guys in that same era, uh, Michael Sarah, freaking, um, what's another cat? Um, trying to think of his name, but yeah, I mean, you got a whole group of up and coming young actors that are really putting it on out there and they might do an obscure film here once in a while, but you know, great. And then you see people like guys like uh you know stepping into their their chops you know as an older person you know we we have uh actors that we saw young and then now they're making you know films and or they're part of series like rosario dawson like i saw her in kids ancient times ago it seems like and now she's been in a great deal film she's done you know punisher daredevil that whole unit, <laughs> you know, and, and even the, uh, the guy who plays, uh, uh, the other lawyer, I mean, you know, we get him from the Mighty Ducks, he was Fulton, you know, Fulton Reed, you know, and then the Mighty Ducks, you got Emilio Estevez, you got all these real life to us heroes that are just out there killing it, killing it life. But I digress. So, so what I would encourage you to do with this uh, this particular show: grab an old film, grab an old uh, old movie this week. Show your kids. We all have kids now. A lot of us. Show them something of your past. Show them something that meant something to you. Maybe it won't mean the exact same thing to them, but show them something. Show them something, and then try to learn about their something. You may never know how it's affecting them. You may never know how they're going to perceive their future and what their what their past was like. You never know how they're going to perceive that. So, you know, get into the nitty-gritty of what they're watching so that way you have a basis of communication when they reference something. Just like my daughter did, to, did today. She's like, how do you know all these Descendants songs, Dad? I'm like, well, first off, I just love Descendants. Fantastic storytelling. I love it. Um, but, you know, there was a period of time when she was, you know, going through her YouTube phase, which she still does a little bit, but she was just ingrained in these videos, and then she found Descendants through it. We ended up showing her the movies. She loved it as a little girl, you know, a younger girl. She's six now, and she's kind of rediscovering for her descendants and we were listening to a couple of videos so how do you know the lyrics I'm like well because you love this at one point you know this is something that was uniquely you Sebastian never really liked descendants he was 
You know, he's always been kind of a, I like Nerf guns, I like different types of things. Same thing with Ninja Kids. She's like, how do you know what the Ninja Kids? I'm like, uh, duh. Like, I've been watching you watch YouTube, you know, since time immemorial for you. So, you know, I know what, what ones you like, what ones you don't like, who you want to emulate, who you would date if you had the chance, you know. And she's only six and she's got crushes on these ninja kids. But she's also, she also envisions herself a friend with Adley, who is a, a YouTuber. She, you know, she figures her and Adley would be right as rain, fast as friends. And I have no doubt they would be. And I have no doubt that Genevieve would uh, prosper in an environment with her, you know. And, and they do different things. You know, her dad, I think, does esports and... You know, has the capability of doing a couple other things. I mean, you know, there's a whole new generation of people out here making money doing esports. But that's for another that's for another show. So with this one, like I said, grab a piece of nostalgia, introduce it to your kids, and maybe you know we're all waiting. We're all waiting to uh, to kids to get to a certain age where we do introduce them to Star Wars, where we do introduce them to things that we have found memorable and nostalgic and you know something that we strive to listen to and and in great deal but we also got to appreciate like i said what they're into just like my kids would not stop for weeks for weeks and they still do it sometimes where they sing Encanto songs i loved Encanto. Encanto really captured our family i think Encanto captured the world to be honest with you you know, and that's a legendary, that's going to be a legendary film for them. Just like Hamilton's a legendary, you know, ensemble. I thought it was fantastic. Um, Hamilton was just, just amazing, if you haven't had a chance to see that. Uh, West Side Story, another one of those great films, you know, and and it's riffing off the old West Side Story. You know, it's, but it's fantastic. A good, a good retelling is sometimes needed. Flashdance is one of those that needed a little bit more of a modern version, and that's okay, too. Not every film needs that, but, you know, for the ones that do, or the ones that get it greenlit, then go for it. Maybe you can do better. Maybe it can be a more, you know, relatable piece for someone. But I digress. Pay homage to your legends, and if you really value them, carry it forward. Move forward, and provide the next generation with what you value. Thank you for tuning in to David's Life and Observation with your host, David Welch. Uh, the next show is probably going to be on the uh, sad state of corporate affairs and why CEOs are pissed.